Explorers and welcome to episode 22 and what an episode we have in store for you guys and girls. As always, I'm joined by the graceful Taylor from Canada. Hey guys. And also accompanying us on this voyage is the master of the helm himself. It's the old guy Jedi all the way from the USA, Jimmy. Howdy. So we'll start <laughs> with you this week then, Taylor. How are you? What have you been up to? Um, oh, you know, I'm always busy at work, but this week I thought that I would throw a little bit of Star Wars into my work week and I was ordering plants and I ordered these, these hostas called the Halcyon hostas and I got super excited because this is like the closing month of the Halcyon Star Cruiser. So I'm like, done. So I ordered like eight of them and they arrive and they're so small and they're just plain green. And I was so disappointed. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Disappointment this week, but it's been good. How about you, Jimmy? I am doing okay. Um, Busy week this week. We had homecoming and stuff. Um, So that's always a big event, you know, with the the exchange students here in cross country. Mm. We actually get a week off of racing this weekend. So that'll be, I'll have a weekend to myself. I don't know what I'm going to do with it all. Probably something Star Wars-y. Maybe. How about you, Jack? What have you been up to? Nice. Not a lot. Get ready for my travels again. Uh, I'm going to go to Houston, Texas tomorrow, and then I'm going to fly to Belize and spend six weeks out in Belize. Jeez. Sounds rough. Yeah. It's a hard <laughs> life. Tough job. But uh, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> I guess so. Cool. As always, then, have we got any force encounters? Cool, as always then. Okay, what Force Encounters do we have? We'll start with you first, Taylor. Uh, I've actually been playing a lot of Lego Skywalker Saga (laughs) recently. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, I don't know. The weather's been terrible over here. So I've been like cold and in a sweater and a blanket. So I'm like pulling out the old games that I haven't uh, completed. So... Yeah, so that was fun, and I got some more uh, Star Wars stickers for my car, so if you guys see nice. me driving down the road, please don't honk at me, because it gives me anxiety. <laughs> yeah, and please slow down in case you can't see out of the windows, because you've got that many stickers on a car at the minute. Right, I can't see out of them. No, I can. I totally can. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Awesome. <laughs> nice. The only one I've got from uh, myself, is quite a, it's quite a joint one, to be fair, that I can think of is we've got uh, Lydia Kang following us on Instagram. So hopefully yeah. she's listening. We're absolutely loving your stuff. Uh, feel free to comment. We'll read the comments out <laughs> if you get a chance. What about you, Jimmy? Um, I had two big things that happened, but as I'm getting older, I forget a lot of stuff. But I did get this really <laughs> cool uh, art, alternate uh, art for the uh, oh, Dr. Nice. Aphra. It has Ahsoka with the Morai. And I, I don't know why I'm not really into like art and stuff like that but um i That's thought so that cool. was pretty yeah it was an awesome cover nice. and I'm, I'm glad that i uh i got it so yeah and if i remember those other things i'll just shout them out randomly throughout the episode so. <laughs> happy days <laughs> so without any delay then okay 
let's head over to Batu and we'll see what news is coming out of there. This week's news then, the Star Wars Galactic Cruiser has been shut down by the pesky open hand and will no longer be flying. Yes, that is right. The cruiser has taken its final flight this weekend and has sadly closed down, uh, saving us all thousands of pounds worth of money. What do we think about that, guys? (laughs) First order, finally won. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. That price point, man, that was just... That's the nail in the know. coffin, I think. I think I think so. I think you could have I don't know. I just it's a bummer. Mm. It would have been something I would have liked to have done, but I would rather you know have gone to celebration in London like I did. And it was yeah, still yeah. cheaper. Like I flew yeah. to my <laughs> wife and I flew to another country, spent five or six days or whatever it was, and we still spent less, including all the food and everything, than it is Crazy. to go for what, a day and a half, two and a half days? Like Two and a half days. Yeah, like it's that. What do they expect was going to happen? I think it was. You know what? I've I've talked to a lot of people about it, and there's like that rumor going around about the insurance that if like the Halcyon didn't do well in the first year, then they would shut down and they would get like this like multi million dollar insurance claim. So I'm like sticking to my guns. That's what it was. They didn't want people to be able to afford it. (laughs) Well, that's you know with the. I mean, they say financial distress, but they're still yeah. breaking in billions. But yeah. that's not—it's not impossible on the business side of things. Mm. So, well, that's—I no. um, know a couple of people that went actually on the Star Cruiser, and they were talking to the staff like after, and um, and that's what the staff were saying about the insurance. So it's like, but I mean, I can't always be like it happened because it's just hearsay, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, who, yeah. Knows? Well, who knows? Who yeah. knows? All right. Yeah. In, in some. Go, on, oh, go sorry, ahead, Jack. Sorry. Sorry. Nope, um, in some more news as well of closures, the 310 Studios, a former home of George Lucas's Theatre and the ILM model and practical effects shop, has also closed its door forever. Yeah, so what the of, heck? Yeah, it sort oh, of ties man. in with the show as well, that. Um, so again, mm. more closures, more job losses. Um, so who That's knows what's going on with that as well? What about you, Jimmy? What have you got? We've got some good news, finally. Uh, news came yeah. this past week that the Writers Guild of America, the WGA, were suspending <clears throat> the pickets as they reach a tentative deal with the leading Hollywood studios. The Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, the AMPTP, was secured. But the dispute between the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, the SAG-AFTRA, and the studios continues. Uh, very own The Mandalorian himself, Pedro Pascal, was out there spotted showing his support for the actors. So good news and still some bad news. I mean, that gets us closer to mm-hmm. um, shows coming back on. I know that, yeah. like, I saw something about, like, Jimmy Kimmel can come back on now because now he has his writers back. Uh, he's yeah. not technically, uh, you know, whatever. But I don't know who's going to come on a show. But it looks like, um, and I mm-hmm. haven't done a lot of reading on this yet, but um, this will be nice because then writers and stuff like that, we can start moving forward with projects. And, you know, I mean, yeah. we're, we're a couple of, well, we just got back on track after COVID, it felt like. And then we've hit another snag of a couple months. I mean, not as long as COVID, but hopefully this gets worked out and then we get some Star Wars stuff yeah. coming down the line. Hopefully so, it's some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Taylor? 
Um, congratulations to the team behind the super fun I Am Your Mother episode of Star Wars Visions <laughs> uh, Season 2 as the episode wins Best Animation at the Venice TV Awards. Well, it's well-deserved. And here's hoping for more of this unique corner of Star Wars Galaxy in the future. Yeah, you guys happy days. Didn't you guys both pick that one in our recap show? Yes. Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah, we both really like that one. I like it. There's yeah, like bras flying in the wind, even though there's no underwear in Star Wars. So. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Such a yeah. good one, though. Yeah, it's fantastic. Again, well done. Uh, we did send our congratulations as well to uh, Magdalena and Sinka, uh, the the, uh, the director. Again, she liked our mm-hmm. comments. So again, if you're listening and you want to reach out to us, any comments, feel free to do so. I think yeah. that is all the news for this week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now on to the main part of today's topic, which is the special effects and FX in Star Wars. So what's our thoughts and feelings on that then, Jimmy? Well, I'd like for us to take a little journey. Walk with me here. We're going to think mm-hmm. about 1977. All right, we want to talk about, you know, basically we break this down by the by the uh the series, you know, you've got your OT, you've got the PT, and now you've got the ST, and now we have all the TV shows. And I think there's a lot of things that have happened since 1977 um, that we can dive into. So maybe we just yeah. kind of start there. We can even talk about the re-releases and some of those things like that. So yeah. um, having been born in 1976, um, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I was a whole one years old whenever the, the original came out. But I was there. I was there, man. It was wild. Seventies. <laughs> yeah, it's on planet. So I, I still think that most of these special effects hold up. They look awesome. You look at all three over that span of time um, with you know the original trilogy and just. I mean, I still. I don't know if it's nostalgia or whatever. And you guys can talk because you know, obviously, you guys are younger than me. And you came in in different places, but like, I still prefer the old lightsabers. Like, I like the old yeah. lightsabers better than the new ones. For me personally, I know that's, like, some reason people are, like, real grumpy that people have an opinion. But I'm allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. It doesn't have to be yours. But um, I like it. that. But, yeah, overall, man. And then you sit there and you look at something like um, another, like, ILM, like, um, movie, like Willow. <laughs> Those special effects have not held up. Um, <laughs> not. So, you know, and I'm like. I was sitting there like, man, I love this movie. And I remember when the TV show was going to get released, I'm like, I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch that. And I was like, man, these are not that good. So, you know, the fact that (laughs) those came out probably what mid eighties, I think is when those movies came out. Um, Yeah. Maybe a little bit later than that, but you know, you sit there and you can watch star Wars and it's not bad. I know they've made little tweaks and things, but we'll talk about that later. What do you guys think about the original trilogy? Just, some of the stories behind the stuff that they did is just bonkers because you have yeah. the uh, TV show and all that stuff that they did on uh, Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. I think it's fantastic and it's ingenious, some of the ideas. I mean, you look at the technology we've got now, again, the volume speaks volume. Like, they can literally do anything. It's a rolling environment. Brilliant. Obviously, someone's mm-hmm. designed that. Kudos. Well done. But back then, they had nothing like this at all. And a lot of the stuff that they were doing back then for the ideas even the CGI when it was first being introduced was groundbreaking. I remember when I was mm. watching the um, ILM uh, documentary on Disney and the one thing of all of it that sticks out to me wasn't even to do with Star Wars. It was the reaction that they had for the T-Rex in Jurassic Park. So I remember seeing that as a kid and thinking, wow, is that a real dinosaur? That's you know, still young and everything. so good. 
so so good and again just I just wish I could have been there with with all the Disney head shed sitting there watching that for the first time because Kathleen Kennedy <laughs> was like she couldn't even speak you know <laughs> Um, and some of the ideas that they were doing to try and uh, get around certain things, I think one of the ingenious ideas was uh, map painting, if you've heard of that. Oh, but yeah. They, yeah, so they basically paint like a landscape to create like an illusion. Uh, but they have to do it on, some, well, they have to do it on uh, transparent plexiglass. Mm. Um, but the art to that as well is the artist would have to match the exact camera angle, the lighting and the colour of the live portion of the shot as well. So it wasn't easy. Yeah. But just, but just the idea, and again, the illusion behind it, the famous scene where Vader's, uh, I think, yeah, it's Return of the Jedi is coming off the, the shuttle, and he mentions that the Emperor's on his way, so the better redouble our efforts. A lot of that was uh, painting that original uh, bit where all the stormtroopers are stood there. Um, so I think that's absolutely ingenious. Some of the things they were doing with the models, um, even the things outside, you know, and one of the big things that that, that come out of the um, the use of special effects is, and you see it on the documentary, is the the camaraderie and the friendships that they made. Like they really did feel like a family. I know there were certain mm. people that got left out of the Empire Strikes Back that were in the that were in the New Hope, and vice versa for Return of Jedi, and they really, really did did take it to heart. Uh, but yeah, there's so many, there's so many clever ideas, which obviously we'll go into in a minute. What about you, Taylor? Um, well, just thinking about it as like the OT trilogy, the special effects back then were so much different than they are now, and their budget that they gave George Lucas was terrible because he oh, yeah. was a not very known director at the time. So yeah. they had to do a lot of things. Like it's low budget, like they had to cut costs a lot for this film, and uh, fortunately for us, cheaper effects were practical effects, which is anything yeah. that's done with your hands, anything that's built, nothing that's done with a computer. So this is like um, makeup, puppets, um, it's anything like it's the tricks, the mirrors that are on the side of Luke's. Um, land speeder so it looks like it's floating yeah. these little tiny things that weren't so expensive are what's held up and I think that practical effects totally hold up and that's the same yeah. thing with the Jurassic Park stuff a lot of the original um, Jurassic Park has practical and practical really holds up well like that scene like to go back to Jurassic Park where she's like laying on the triceratops and it's breathing that's probably one of the coolest scenes in Jurassic Park because it looks so real and it just holds up because it's literally painted, it's moving, it's not some kind of computer program that we have outdated with our like skills as we, you know, continue to grow as a species. Yeah. Um, but they had like stop motion picture. They had miniature. Uh, they had miniature models. They. Um, they had, like you said, Jack, they had these hand paintings. So they had um, a, they had three different artists, I believe, that painted all these big matte paintings in the background. So it's like um, through all the uh, original trilogies. So there was like this big, huge painting of the Millennium Falcon and Lando Calrissian is standing right in front of it. We can tell it's a painting now, but back then that was like, holy crap, look at the whole yeah. shot of the Falcon. And it was beautiful. It still is. And that shot of the galaxy um, when uh, Luke and Leia are standing and they're kind of looking out at the big galaxy. That was a painting. I think it still is. But yeah. and at the time, they were like, we were literally just staring at a big wall. 
Like we didn't know what they were going to do. We were supposed to be looking out a window at something. Um, but then they ended up changing it to being the galaxy instead. But those special effects from the original trilogies, uh, original trilogy, I think they're amazing. They, they have real, uh, realism in them, right? It's like a real person's hand in the puppet making the movement. So that little bit of realism and not being done in the computer and the sets and the props and everything just make it make it last so it's it's awesome yeah. and then they and then they went to the prequels and changed everything up <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've all stood the test of time i mean he the island oh, yeah. studio was pre- pretty much founded mm-hmm. because they had to make their own special effects and i know a lot of that came down to that john um is it dark extra yeah yeah he made quite a lot of stuff himself. So we I think created Jordan... that camera. Yeah. Like just, and then, I mean, I know it's kind of, I, I didn't know that until I watched the ILM series. I think you were about to say like, they just left him there. Yeah. Like you're done. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Whoa, like just cut and they're still completely. using, I mean, they're still using that technology for the ships, like the, those cameras and stuff like that. I mean, we were just talked about the T six last week. Mm-hmm. And they're using the same technology. I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit more advanced, but yeah, that's the stuff that he created, and they created for this first movie, and it blows my mind. Like, I want to see what those guys could do today. Like, just with oh, you know you everything imagine. they've got, like, it'd just be crazy. Well, so. like, like you mentioned with the T6, and this is one of the reasons I love the ships because they build all the models for. It. I love models like that. Mm. Like, yeah, and for him making all of that stuff, the Death Star from scratch. You know, the the, the Star Destroyers. And again, one of the biggest special effects they did was right at the start of the New Hope with the the crews are being chased. You know, mm-hmm. that's just models. It's it's unreal. But a lot mm-hmm. of this special effects, it, it, stuff that doesn't get mentioned, which definitely should, which I found out about was the the sound effects as well, because the sound oh, and yeah. the music is massive. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, you look for at sure. you look at some of the ways that the John Burke come up with some of the ideas for sounds. I mean, he was hitting a, a wire, I think, with a hammer for like the blaster noises mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, um, it's just they <laughs> think of these sounds. things. Yeah, this, how they think of these things is 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 beyond me. But I think George Lucas, I think Star Wars, got quite lucky in the sense of getting these people and their talents. Yeah. Oh, the stars definitely align for this movie because if you ever watch like the behind the scenes and how like, I mean. Money wise, they didn't have it. Like Taylor, you said, I think that yeah. I, I saw something when I was researching. They got eleven million dollars, which sounds like a lot, but like Cleopatra had gotten like thirty three million. Yeah, you yeah. know, they like the same year. Superman so they're doing all this stuff. Yeah, yeah just, Superman was out, and that got fifty five million. Getting mm. John Williams, getting you know John Burke, getting Dykstra, like all this stuff, and then Lucas's wife going in and fixing the editing. Re-editing like, I mean, all of it yeah. for him for free. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> so like, I mean, we are fortunate because we would not be talking Star Wars if everything hadn't lined up beautifully for uh, George and, you know, our favorite yeah. franchise. And that's a testament to George as well, because his throughout the whole thing, his sheer grit and determination after getting turned away, being low on budget, yeah. he was always there pushing people he wasn't just a boss, you know. He mm-hmm. was actually developing his people as well as as well as filming a filming a film, whatever. He was actually bringing yeah. these people on to better themselves, you know. Um, it, it's not just the army as leaders. Leaders are found all the way through society, and I think George is one of those leaders that that brings people on. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. So it sounds like we're all on, uh, we're all, we're all for the original trilogy, uh, special effects. Hell yeah. Um, especially like, I don't know about you guys. Like one of my favorite vehicles, the ATATs or the ADATs, however you want to say it, the stop, yeah. bringing the stop motion into that it. Was all stop um, motion. Yeah. So, that I mean, painful. <laughs> oh, you watched them how like, like oh. they go underneath. Mate. I mean, I've, I've been doing those little like clicks with the, the Legos, you know, and that takes me, I mean, it's like, I don't know. I think we're doing one and I'm on like a 500 photos or something, but that is nothing. <laughs> it looks so I'm just, good like, click, though. Click. <sighs> and then, yeah, and the, they show those scenes of them like popping up in the middle of the uh, thing yeah, and bold. fixing everything, then diving back under, take a picture, pop back up, fix it all. <laughs> just, I, I you, don't think I have the patience. And you got to think when they're doing that, they've got the terrain around them. So if they knock a bit of terrain, it's going to look off, so they have to redo everything again. And yeah. mate, patience yeah, on the like comes into it. Yeah, a little then. fake tree falls over, and it's like, ah! <laughs> yeah. So they have to be yeah. real, real careful uh, in, in what they do. And like we were saying as well, it's the little things like the land speeder. It looked like Luke's land speeder was levitating. Yeah. But it wasn't. They just put a mirror on the wheels. <laughs> How cool yeah, is so that? Nice. Just little yeah. tiny things you'd think of. Like, if that was me, if I was given that job, I'd have probably tried to elevate it some way or make it levitate, whereas someone's just gone, nah, just stick a mirror on it, squared. Done. Yeah, Easy someone's just yeah. simplified it in their brain. And by yeah. the way, that vehicle <clears throat> is like a three-wheeler vehicle that you can only <laughs> buy over there in um, Tunisia. And I guess they, um, Mark Hamill had to learn how to drive it, and it was like a manual, but like only a three-speed or something like that, and Anthony Daniels like totally fell off the back when they were trying to drive it up to the set and all of this stuff. Like such mm. good times back then. Like they were allowed to just, oh, can you go get the piece from the other uh, garage and we'll just start filming? Like nowadays they'd be like, don't touch it. We all have to move it with gloves. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like uh, times have changed. <laughs> they have. They have. Then they. <laughs> yes, they absolutely have. Yeah. Like that kind of leads us into. All... Um... Yeah. Like back then, they had they'd come up with a storyboard and they'd all sit down on the ground, like in this big giant warehouse. And they're like, "Okay, how are we going to do this? Like, how are we going to do it?" Now everything's got it. The like everyone has it all figured out, right? There's all the different steps yeah. on how to do it. But imagine being back then and being that in that creative team and just trying to figure out like what would just look good, like creative wise. Oh, so fun! And they had. And they had nothing to go off of except for Ralph McQuarrie's paintings and things. So they yeah. had nothing been done before. You know, they were going kind of differently from Flash Gordon and other sci-fi stuff. But yeah, so yeah. we kind of, you know, we sit there and we see the original trilogy. And, you know, obviously nostalgia, I think, for a lot of people, especially my age, you know, like me liking those lightsabers a little bit more. I mean, the ones they use now are probably a little more practical and make more sense. But mm -hmm. um then getting ready for the uh, the prequel trilogies, George re-releases all the Star Wars movies with some new special effects. Yeah, I think as well that's um, a lot of the issue with um, the uh, the original fans to a degree because a lot of the Phantom Menace, pretty much all of it, was computer based, and I think that's what happened with Armored Best as well, where a lot of people didn't like Jar Jar because he didn't seem real. Because well, mm. the CGI was still quite new back then, because um, he was one of the first uh, CGI characters to hit the big screen. Was Jar -Jar. the first? He was the yeah. first. Like his technology was invented for him, and they use it to this day. 
So he he I think suffered the uh, the brunt of the criticism for that sort of stuff. Oh yeah. Uh, but for me growing up, because that that was me in Star Wars was, was the prequels. I absolutely loved it because I was growing up with like PlayStation One and Two at that time. <laughs> you mm. know, so we're getting graphics like that, and I'm like, my Good mind you. is blown. Yeah, my <laughs> mind was blown, and you know that's one of the reasons why I love Darth Maul as well because he sort of had that real sci-fi look about him, but he was still real. Just so um, different, yeah. Yeah, and then obviously all the planets and that, and there's more ships going on. and Yeah, a lot, a lot of the planets and that, like we say, it's all, all digital. Some of the, the buildings and that were, were by hand to, to an extent, but mm. I think that's where a lot of people fell out of love with it uh, to a degree. What do you reckon, Jimmy? Well, from being from the original trilogy guy, you know, I think when those movies came out, I was out of the Army, I was working, I was in college, and... I mean, to be honest with you, I had kind of taken a break and stepped away from Star Wars. I think that when the Phantom Menace came out, I was working at a place called Cedar Point in Ohio. It was an amusement park. It's pretty cool. And the guys that I worked with, okay, we're going to go see Star Wars. I'm like, what do you know? What are you talking about? And I went and saw (laughs) Phantom Menace. I was like, oh, dang, Star Wars is back, baby. You know, and I was like, well, I like that. That was pretty fun. But um, for people like myself, and I don't know there's people that like, you know, that were my age and liked the prequels better and vice versa. But it was the... um, it didn't look lived in the way the original trilogy did for me. Yeah. Like the, and I know yeah. that George wanted to do that and that was his vision and it's, I'm not mad at him for it. Yeah. I just think that it really kind of took like me out of it because you had this super lived in um, world that looked like people are putting stuff together and, you know, you, and, and then you also you have this, yeah, and you have this, you know, like the Nubian ship that the, the princess is on, the queen is on, and it looks yeah. brand new and sparkling, and everything looks immaculate, and it's just like, I don't know, it kind of took me out of it. Um, yeah, but isn't it supposed to be course, a more like economical like age? So like it's before the the empire, so everything is kind of supposed to look a little bit shinier, a little bit newer. And then after in the OT, it's like after, it's like the dark times, right? It's everything looks like garbage yeah. and like the ship is like totally filthy and like the sp- the, the galaxy's just falling apart, right? Yeah, it's that disconnect. It's the disconnect. Yeah. And that's that's the yeah. issue. And that's the, that's, that's the benefit now of having the volume. And you, you see actors say it all the time, especially in the documentary, where they can see the environment around them while they're acting. So it helps. Whereas yeah. back then... They're just looking at a green curtain. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, the the uh, prequels, for sure, were so uh, green screen. There's so much green screen. Everything was, like, the um, the beasts that they're riding in, in Attack of the Clones, they're, like, riding these big, giant green, like, things. Like, yeah. these, <laughs> it looks like you're at a gymnastics place or something, and so even the their acting, weapons are green. And The acting's going to be a bit more... Uh, also what I'm looking for they're, they're going to be a little bit more unsure than they are with what they can actually see and hold and feel because you look at the originals everything was built literally everything was built the sets the lot everything you know so they can act on it they can act as they're moving as they're seeing stuff yeah you, know, you imagine uh, Dagobah for instance being all CGI mm. <sighs> oh, that'd be, mm, be yeah. rough well think about think about the the behind the scenes of uh, Anakin and Kenobi's fight in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. They're in this giant sound studio. And it's just <laughs> all these structures that are blue and they have yeah. no idea what's going on. I mean, Natalie Portman is famous for saying how hard it was 
you know, and then like what throwing stuff at her, so she's like dodging and then yeah. you know, put everything into it now. And I just think, I mean, I think we got lucky. I know people, some of the people's biggest complaints are like the acting in that one, but like Jack and you guys, you know, and Taylor, you guys said like I mean, you're acting against nothing. That's yeah. got to be difficult, and you can see it like. To give an example from today, movies that were made during COVID and people weren't in the same room when they're acting against each other, yeah. you can totally tell that they're not acting with somebody else like right in front of them. Like they're doing a scene and it cuts to that person, it cuts back to them. They're never in the room together. You can see the difference between having someone or something like right in front of you to play off of. So I think that makes it, you know, and that just takes some of the the old school fans and not that the acting was great in the first trilogy, but yeah. you know, you take that and you, and you change a lot of things, not, and I'm not going to be a grumpy guy. Like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like I like the, the prequels. Like, I mean, I'll, yeah. I'm always going to want more star Wars, but you know, <laughs> so, but yeah, the special but, effects kind of, I yeah. thought they went downhill because it was all blue screen, green screen yeah, technology. Just didn't yeah. look as real to me. Yeah. As There's it did just so in much the CGI. Look yeah. at look at the battle droids that they're facing as well, and even General Grievous with Hugh McGregor. Mm. You know that must have been so difficult to to film that. And a big point as well is the um, the Battle of Naboo. You imagine if we had a human uh, actor, uh, so to speak, amongst that, <laughs> they would have struggled. Everything was CGI around them. I think they'd have struggled. But like you say, Jimmy, they did, they did really well with what they had. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, not too bad. What do you guys? I mean, because the lightsabers and stuff are still pretty similar. They were obviously able to like hit a, hit a little bit harder. You know, you sit there and you go from Obi Wan and, and Vader not touching blades because really, like... if they touch, they smashed. <laughs> yeah, so they look like you know geriatric sword fighting. But um, you know, obviously the advancements. So some of the positive things from it though are. You know, yep. being able to see, you know, a lot more Jedi and then, and them obviously being a lot more physical in their fighting and things like that. I, I really like yeah. that. Yeah. Stuff they could do with R2 is pretty cool, but it looked fake to me. Like it still does. Like, you, you know, Taylor, yeah. I know, we talked about droids last week and we talked about that scene where he lights those battle droids on fire. That doesn't look real. Oh, no. It looks terrible. You know, but you just gotta love but I love it. it. Because... I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it, I think it makes a big difference. So, yeah. you know, for me, you know, I, I would. You're totally right, though, the... Jimmy. Totally right. You look in the um, the Mandalorian with the battle droids that were in live action. Yeah. Oh yeah, Mando the droids dif- are so good. The difference between them and the droids in the Phantom Menace, I think, is astronomical. You know, the lighting like, is just better. Like you can see the grit on them; they're not shiny. Yeah. And going back to the lightsaber thing, mate, one hundred and ten percent right. You look at the. The the slow battle to begin with in New Hope, then slightly getting faster in Empire Strike Back, and then really going for it in Return of the Jedi. Then you look at the battle, and there is not a better better battle scene I think that I've seen when it's Qui Gon, Maul, and Obi Wan. Oh yeah, yeah. you know Ray Park is really talented martial artist, and it shows in that scene. Like they they go ham, you know. Yeah, they choreographed that and practiced that for, like, so long. But it's so worth it. It's just so good. Oh, my gosh. I love it. What did you you think about the the sequel's uh, special effects and that then before we move on to the TV shows? Because I think one of the biggest things was the (laughs) life-sized Falcon in Force Awakens. 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they had the they they had the technology now with the sequels to be able to make the actually like make the sets. So and like not just of a painting in the background, they make the full size ship. Like which is yeah, crazy. They had the money that, too. Yeah. Yeah. The the money was I there. Mean, you know, because you think about it, like they get they kind of get roasted on the the first ones because they get a little bit of budget. I know the budget probably went up a little bit more and more every time, but then you know George comes out and he puts his own company up against it. But then for the for the sequel trilogy, you've got Disney money. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's like you they could probably build a Death Star if they wanted to, but um, yeah, just seeing that stuff live action and just I mean, I don't I mean not live action but like full scale and things like that like yeah. Just for example, when you go into uh, when you go into Galaxy's Edge and you see the Falcon for the first time, it's just like, ooh, like it kind of takes your breath away a little bit. So <laughs> it's very cool. No, hundred percent. What What do you think, Jimmy, about uh, going with the characters then? And sticking with that, look at the characters like Maz. She was fully CGI. What do you think about Maz? I thought she looked pretty good. Like she doesn't look fake. I thought maybe when we got to. Um, the rise of Skywalker and she was fake. Like there was, yeah. like, you know, the actor, the actress wasn't in the, the costume or whatever. Uh, you could kind of, it was a little bit ropey, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the difference between like that and like Jar Jar, as far as the look, like Maz looked more real, looked more weathered. Uh, lifelike. Yeah. 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 Weathered. It just, you know, and I get, I get it. That it's been how long they, they've, they've, you know, Lord of the Rings advanced that technology through the roof, you know, with Gollum. Um, yeah, so, but yeah, you you brought me on nicely now again because me and you are proper the same wavelength again. So, sticking with the Gollum theme and the actor, Snoke. Oh, Mm, yeah, Uh, I don't think Snoke has done very good. He looked, he doesn't look so real as it could be. Like, I know we see Mm. him as a projection, but when we're looking at him in real life, I don't know, like, his head wound isn't like. It's just a little bit too smooth, and he's a little bit too shiny. It's just a little bit too bright for me. But that's just my opinion. What about you? you, Jimmy, what you be- uh, it freaks me out a little bit when they do the behind the scenes, and uh, Andy Circus is holding that big giant snow can, and he has like Ray, <laughs> yeah. you know, he has Daisy Ridley's head. It just weirds me out when I see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that like I, I'm not not a huge fan of the character. Some, and I, you know, sometimes that's our bias coming out. Like we didn't really. Mm. You know, like Snoke, I wasn't really sold on Snoke. And then, of course, they, you know, they just lop him in half and then he's a nobody. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he looked fine. I mean, he didn't really do much. I mean, did he ever even get out of his chair? Like, yeah. I think he gets up and he just kind of yeah. leans in his chair. He never Does he ever stand up? I don't think he does, does he? He's always in the least. chair and then yeah, he's always gets sliced there. in half. So, I'm but, surprised. Yeah, I mean, so. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of him. I loved it, Snoke. Like, oh. the, the acting. <laughs> Not so much the storyline and that, I get it with that, but in terms of the, the character and how they made him with the CGI, oh. again, Andy Serkis kills every, every role that he does. Well, oh, he yeah. is great, but the, the CGI was like, mm. Yeah, so. I, was, I was a bit of a fan. I mean, again, we'll stick in uh, with the sequels as well. A lot of it was um, budgeted quite highly because, again, like I said, I had all the Disney money. Um yeah, budgeted quite high because we had the uh, the Disney movie. But moving into the TV shows, I know again I'll start with you again, Jimmy. But what what was your thoughts on the um, the uh, the effects and that with Kenobi? Because I know there's a lot of 
Oh, man, the volume never really bothered me. Though, we got like two seasons of Mando before we got Kenobi. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought, I thought that the volume showed some of its weaknesses in Mando yeah. season three. Like the training montage made no sense. And I know it makes no I mean, I know that, you know, if they're a military, they would do things way more organized. It wouldn't be so chaotic. Mm-hmm. But they kind of had to f- do it that way because they only have so much space on the on the, the volume. Mm-hmm. The scenes where um, where Reva is outside of the uh, is outside the uh, Kenobi's base or whatever. You can totally tell that's the volume because, again, not enough space. But yeah. there's times, too, where you cannot you can't tell at all. Yeah. I mean, I think the volume's incredible. I would say that I liked Andor more because there was no volume and everything yeah, was, was lived in. It had that original trilogy lived in, beat up gritty, yeah. Effects and I think I just don't think you can beat it. So Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. So we'll sort of stick with that then. You got any more uh questions or anything like that, Jimmy? I not from that stuff so Taylor, what do you think about the volume? Um, I I do like the volume. I'm I'm not somebody who notices it that often, and you kind of got to think you it's like you. I don't. I almost don't want to start searching for it because once I search mm. for it, then I'm going to start seeing yeah, it. So that's that's the, fair. Yeah. So I know that the volume is like a round stage, and it has like the cameras all the way around them, as we've seen in the Disney Gallery show. Uh, so I guess you can kind of see it if you're looking really closely at the background where the ground touches the, where you would see the ground. I guess that's where people can like, I don't know. Uh, anyways, I don't really notice the terrible parts of the volume. I really like it because we get these worlds that we wouldn't be able to build. Like we get the different color sky, the different yeah. color clouds, backgrounds, the sound, uh, or I guess not sounds, the sand and just like little tiny things in the background. It's, I don't know. I guess they have to use CGI to make those backgrounds at some point to put them behind the characters, right? Yeah. yeah. I like it. It was, yeah. I think it's a good invention. I think they just need to try hard not to overuse it. And I know that they did overuse it a lot during Kenobi, but think that Kenobi was the time that COVID was at its worst. They all had like double masks on, like everybody, only 10 people could work on the set at the same time. It was it was rough. Yeah, it was a rough was, time during the filming of that show. Kenobi definitely felt the brunt of it because even the ships and things like that were a bit wonky. People were it's working true. on that stuff from so, home. So yeah, I don't mm. know. I've you know, like I said, I've been kind of critical off and on of the volume, but I think they've done a pretty good job in Ahsoka. Now, some of the CGI has been a bit bonk, mm. um, you know, especially in the last episode <laughs> with Ahsoka coming off the T six and things like that it was a little bit uh, ropey. But, that was funny, um, <laughs> but it was good. We, we, yeah, so we have. I, I haven't noticed it as much in that. There are times where you can tell, and the times like I wonder if it is the volume. So maybe yeah. that's a fun game I play with the show. Is, like, <laughs> is that the volume? Is that green screen? Are they out somewhere doing this? Um, but it does allow them to create some fantastical backgrounds and yeah. places. Like imagine that they mm-hmm. could bring Felucia, the Felucia, yeah, Felucia. Yeah, to yeah. you know where. So, you know, I'd love to see that in the, uh, on the volume because that would may be able to make it. And then we, of course, we have a, you know, we have an extra episode coming out this week of our, uh, tops episodes and we made a prediction at the end. And if they pull it off, the volume will be the perfect <laughs> thing to oh, yeah. make 
that happens. So maybe I'll be praising the volume, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to, to no end if they can, if, if that happens and, it, and they pulled off. So we'll yeah. see. But yeah. Cool then. So that's um, quite a lot of the special effects. I think I'll start with myself just to give you guys a bit of a chance to think. Uh, my favorite moment uh, use of CGI is the Phantom Menace, and it is the pod racing bit. I absolutely mm. loved the pod racing bit as a kid. You know, I wanted the game, I wanted all the toys, and just <laughs> seeing the pod race on uh, CGI, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, what do you guys think? Are we talking about our favorite CGI moment or just our favorite like effect? Effects, yeah, effects. yeah. Fa- fa- either one, either, either one. Um, I don't know. I guess I I really like Yoda as a puppet, like the original. Like I know it's I know it can be silly and crazy, but they've changed his look so much, and and now they're actually putting Yoda as the puppet again in the Last Jedi. So which is cool, a cool throwback. So. I like that just because it means a little bit more, not because of how like great it is or not. But, and Frank Oz is like amazing, so yeah, yeah, for sure. Why you, um, Well, and that you know that's the nostalgia thing for me too. Is mm. the Empire Strikes Back, the Battle of Hoth? I have played that in my mind as a kid and had that battle, and you know been in that battle, <laughs> and just. I don't know what it is. I mean, it, it's a little bit wonky with the stop motion, but it still looks good enough. You know, it has some <laughs> cool, cool cut scenes and things like that. So I'd have to say that battle and knowing what, everything that went into it is probably one of my favorites. And then, of course, um, just a shout out to my dad, the uh, the Rancor from uh, Return of the Jedi. Because I've never seen my dad laugh so hard in his entire life when that, he <laughs> eats he, that Gamorrean guard. So, yeah, um, that, that, yeah, so those two things are probably... Those, those are probably the most special to me as far as like the special effects and everything. So, you know, it's Brilliant. funny, Jimmy. My daughter, my four year old daughter's favorite part in Star Wars is that Battle of Hoth scene. She absolutely loves it, but don't tell my husband because she's not allowed to watch it. She's, she's going to be, a, she's already on her way. <laughs> she Force is strong is. with that one. However, she just very much disappointed me telling me that she wants to be a dog for Halloween and not a Star Wars character. So I'm a little uh, bit heartbroken. But kids will be kids. <laughs> transform, transform, transform that into a bit of a Chewbacca or something. I'll turn yeah, it there into you go. a... Um, what's the Chewbacca's do- a dog. What's the dog? Uh, um, oh, Ember. No, no, no. No, Ember is very cool. But I'm talking about um, Clatoonians. Those are the dog aliens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Clatoonians, <laughs> yeah. Do a flight suit on her with a dog thing. There you go. What about you, Jimmy? <laughs> oh, wait, you just went. Yours were awesome. I did just uh, go. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Fun time sorry. with Taylor. Here we go. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. So we all know that the CGI was like the downfall of Star Wars, but CGI actually was in A New Hope first and the only parts where the CGI is actually in it is when they're going over the Death Star attack briefing. So that black and yellow and red um, is the CGI from 1977. And the targeting system on Han's ship that they're trying to use to shoot the TIE fighters, that is also the CGI from 1977. So it did start back then, but they didn't overkill it. Um, and also... No, no, and also the Phantom Menace even though it has so much CGI and green screen and everything, The Phantom Menace is actually the Star Wars movie with the most practical effects um, 
like the physical effects because of them walking through Moss Eisley and the pod race was like a full a full little miniature set. So yeah. Very cool. I need that set. All right. Yeah, so that'll bring us to the end of our main topic. Um, no, you're good. And we're going to spoiler because we asked a bunch of questions about, you know, obviously we got the end of Ahsoka coming up on Tuesday. Um, you know, we, we've had a special show. Jack and I, we went up with uh, Clan Brandalorian. But we asked all of our listeners and uh, viewers to tell us what they think. So I'm going to sound the alarm right now. So you've been warned. Anything moving forward could be spoilers for Ahsoka season one, episode whatever, and especially episode eight. So what do we got from the uh, the explorers, guys? Awesome. So first off on Facebook, Dan, again, we've had so many messages, so we can only read uh, so many out due to the time, but keep sending them in. So Daryl Armstrong, he said he's got a feeling there's going to be an epic battle at the end of the season. So hopefully he's not wrong and we do see um, a lot more action. I hope so. Uh, Jamie Ritt- <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. Uh, Jamie Richards, he said there's got to be a nod to either the original cast beyond a name drop or the Falcon makes an appearance. He said he thinks it's only a matter of time before we see Luke handle it in some capacity. He doesn't think uh, Alderaan will necessarily return as Han. Alderaan or Alden? Alden. Alden. Alden, sorry, will return as a Han. And as much uh, rather see some more refined, deep, fake performances of him. So again, using that CGI stuff maybe, and Leah to match Luke. But if we're going down uh, the route, that route, that it's got to be the essential that the uh, original trilogy heroes appear. Interesting. What about you, Jimmy? What have you got? Um, Mitchell said, "I have no clue what's going to happen." I don't think most of us uh, fall in that category, Mitchell. <laughs> um, but he goes, "But I don't think it's going to be elaborate as people think, due to time and money." Well, we do know that it's going to be, what, 46 minutes, so yeah. roughly 40 to 42-minute runtime of action. Uh, he says, you know, due to time and money, no Abeloth, which is a big one, no, uh, you know, Balin becoming the sun or whatever people are talking about. He goes, maybe a holocron, something smaller scale, um, that the casuals, that's a nice way to put it, Mitchell, <laughs> the casuals can um, uh, wrap their heads around. So that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, I like the fact that he's like, I have no idea because I don't think most of us do. Yeah. So I don't think Balin yeah. and Shin even know what's going on. <laughs> Let me see here. Um, from our emails, I've got from Eric. Uh, he says, for the final episode of Ahsoka, I think Thrawn will use Balin's plan as a distraction for Ahsoka and crew, allowing him to board the Chimera onto the hyperspace ring and return Star Wars Galaxy. The show will end there giving us a cliffhanger for next season slash the movie. I'm not entirely sure how it will tie into the Mandoverse, but at this point, Filoni, Favreau have earned my trust, so I'm excited for whatever they plan for us. So. Interesting. Interesting predictions everywhere. Please keep sending in the the messages as well and emails to us at explorethefalls at gmail.com. Hit us up on the Facebook, again, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, please, please share, like, uh, subscribe, post your reviews, give us feedback. Uh, we're only one more follower away from Instagram, so who that's going to be to be the uh, 300th follower on Instagram is is to be seen. And so, as always, then, okay, from myself, 
who's the more foolish, the fool or the fool who follows him? <laughs> for light and life. And for all three of us, we have spoken. Happy days, we'll see you Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow. Yes. Jack, I have a poster of that quote in my room, my classroom. Nice. <laughs> I'm going to put one of those in my classroom. It's a brilliant quote in it.